a podcast about pop culture and hot goss through the lens of your nosy neighbor. I'm your host and nosy neighbor, Millie Brooks. Hi! Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Um, Very quick reminder to like and subscribe to our channel. And um, if you have two seconds, write us a review. I love hearing from you guys and what you think about the pod. Um, And before we launch into our topic today, I want to give a couple of shout-outs. First, a special shout-out to Meg Trowbridge, who's been a diehard fan since day one. Thank you, Meg. We love you. Also, Gossiper and Lady Millie Brooks's fan, who wrote lovely reviews on iTunes. I don't know your real names, but you're special to me because you wrote a review, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. Have you seen the Amy Schumer comedy special? I did. It's very funny. It's so funny. And it's, it's so, so accurate. And she's so truthful about everything. That's what I loved about it. I yeah. felt for the first time like someone was saying the actual things that happen instead of sugarcoating them and making them funny. Right. It was funny because it was true. Right. Right. Hi. Hi. Oh, man. Okay. So um, today's topic is pregnancy PC with very special guest Mandy Mooney. Hello. Mandy yes. is a senior director of marketing communications at Coros in San Francisco and also one of my favorite pregnant people. Oh, thank you. Yeah, welcome, Mandy. <sighs> so, Mandy. Yes. You're on baby number two, due any day now. How you doing? How you holding up? I'm okay. <laughs> I'm ready to not be pregnant ever again. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I did this again. Yeah. I'm hoping that she comes out not an asshole so that I don't regret this. Yeah. But it's been a journey, Millie. It's been Your a journey. Your first one's an angel. I know. So chances are high. I know. This new one has so much to live up to. Yeah. Well. Wish me luck. Good. <laughs> that's really great. Well, and the other thing is... She was such a nightmare of a labor. She was 36 hours of intense Tilly. labor. Yes. Tilly, was. Tilly my first. Okay. This one, they say the second one just slides out like a highway. Wow. So I'm hoping that my highway is open and ready to receive this birth. You hope your highway is a slip and slide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. Okay. So first, um, so like let's tell everyone a little bit about your pregnancy journey with baby number one okay. and how it's been this time around. I knew this was a girl because the symptoms were the same. Mm. So the nausea felt the same, the lightheadedness, the insomnia, the heartburn. I had all the same symptoms. I just had them at different times. Mm. And then with Tilly, I I don't know why I gained so much weight, though. I gained 47 pounds. And they say for a person of my stature, I should gain somewhere between 25 and 35. How tall are you? What's your stature? 5'4", 130. Okay. And And they recommend 20 to... 25 to 35 pounds, which seems highly unrealistic. But I hit up to 47 with Mm -hmm. Tilly. With this one, I'm at 38. I got fat shamed pretty hard last Tuesday at my doctor's appointment. My husband was cackling like a little girl. He thought wow. I was hysterical. Wow. But what are you going to do? Like, I'm so pregnant. I'm not going to lose weight at this point. I know. 
I know. I'm just going to adjust the microphone here. Here we go. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. But the symptoms were the same, like I said. So the biggest difference for me with this one is I feel so tired. You're tired. the time. Yes. Tired in the beginning, the first trimester, or? No. Because right I, now you're, th you're how many weeks? I'm 37 weeks. Okay. I okay. just feel physically exhausted, and I don't know if it's because I'm a little older, or if it's because I have a toddler, or if it's mm -hmm. because my body is just tired. Yeah. But I go to bed at night, and I hit the pillow, and I, I don't remember falling asleep. That's never happened to me. I always have to read or something. I'm so exhausted. My body feels like it's just carrying, a, like, bricks on my leg. Oh, God. I know. Bricks. But... It's really just my stomach that's holding most of the weight at this point. And then the other weird thing is you can see it. People who are listening cannot. But mm -hmm. I have broken out into some kind of a red mm -hmm. dot jungle all over my arms, my chest, mm -hmm. my neck. And it's working its way up to my face. Pregnancy is just weird. You get weird symptoms and they show up. And everyone feels like they need to comment on it too. Yeah, and that we that is why... We are here today. <laughs> we are going to give a little lesson. They just, it's like people can't even, they they feel like they have to say something. Like there's this elephant in the room and I'm the elephant and they have to comment on it. And it, mm. it's women, but honestly, it's mostly men. Really? Yeah, it's bizarre. I walk by strangers on the street and they say things like, any day now, or twins in there. Okay, that, not okay. No. So lesson number one, listeners. Yeah. Not okay to just shout things out to a pregnant woman nope. when she's trying to get some exercise and walk around and get outside. Right. Lesson number two, I think, which closely aligns with lesson number one, is if you're going to comment on the size of a person's body, mm -hmm. don't. Mm. Never comment on size. Yeah. If you're going to say the words, you look so, mm -hmm. the end of that sentence should either be beautiful yeah. or radiant or mm. magnificent. You should never say, you look so big. You right. look so large. You right. look like you're about to have birth any day now. Because Ugh. it's so hurtful. It's so hurtful. And you've never felt less attractive in your entire life. Yeah. So you already feel blah. And so yeah. to have somebody point out right. what you're already thinking, like, confirms the worst that you feel about yourself. Wow. Don't comment on size. Lesson Don't comment two. on size. You know, even, like, I would say even tiny, even if the person is small, even, you know, what totally. Just don't even mm -mm. know. It, it's not. Right. It's a no zone. Mm -mm. Don't do it. Don't do it. Unless you're going to say your boobs look amazing, and then that is okay. Really? If it's a friend. Okay. But random man on the street. Probably not. Don't want to comment on the tits. Yeah. Don't comment on um, do any day now. Nope. Nope. And don't say, do you have twins in there? No. And that extends not just to strangers, but also family members. Family members, too. Take notes. It's hard, though, because... 
I have always been a smaller person. Right. And so I think when people who have known me for a long time see me, right. it can be a little jarring for them. Right. And I get that. It's kind of this like, whoa, like yeah. what happened? Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, I'm pregnant. Yeah. That's what happened. I can, I'm conceiving a child. I have conceived and I'm going to give birth to a child. That is what happened. What's uh, what else is on the menu? What else can we talk about? I don't always want to talk about this. I have right. other things going on. Right. You're a very whole, authentic human person. Thank you. With many, many levels and uniquenesses and, and interests. Yes. Being pregnant, honestly, isn't that interesting. I'm not even doing anything. I'm just existing. Right. And then at some point, hopefully in the next few days, yeah. I'll... Pop this one out. Right. And then I'll go back to being interesting in a lot of other ways. Right. So I don't even feel like I should be getting credit for this in any way. I'm not. Really? Well, yeah. Oh, God. I think you should. I mean. You're growing, like, eyeballs and lungs. And I know, like, but for me, I like to keep things, like, upbeat and positive and talk about fun, interesting things. Or, yeah. you know, serious things that are going on in the world, like news happenings. Right. right. And instead, I just... I feel All like of the conversation people, is is yes. right there, yeah. and it goes straight to negative because when people ask me how I'm doing, right, I'm not. I mean, right, I'm not great. So let's offer solutions to people. Okay, let's say like, what is a great? What was something? What would be something that you would like to be asked? How are you feeling? How are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or one of my favorites is, what's going on with you? Because it gives me the option to answer mm-hmm. in either direction. Mm-hmm. I can say, well, you know, I'm very pregnant, and this is how I feel about it. Or I can say, well, lots of interesting things happening at work. Let me tell you about those things. Yeah. Or have you seen yeah. the news and the crazy stuff going on? Oh, God, I don't even well, want. We won't go I there. mean, we I won't go there. that's just heartbreaking. But it gives me the option. Right. So those are... You want options. I want options to talk about things other than my child. Right. Yes. I, um, okay, so, I mean, we kind of touched upon some of these, but what are some of the things that frustrate you about people's perception of being pregnant? For me, one of the most frustrating things from a perception standpoint is that everybody has the same experience Mm. because they don't. And honestly, Millie, when I think back to some of the conversations I've had when I hadn't been pregnant, mm-hmm. I regret some of the things that I said and like, how I approached conversations. Let's, let's just open it well, up. Well, okay, so there's this woman in my prenatal yoga class who, you know, she's pregnant, she looks healthy and everything's good, but she may lose the child. They have some sort of serious oh. something going on with her placenta. And, you know, I'm going around talking like everything's normal and we're both pregnant and like yeah. we're both having the same experience and we're not. Mm-hmm. And so when we went around and we introduced ourselves and we're supposed to say our name and how far along we are and anything going on with our bodies, she had this little breakdown and said, we may lose the child. I'm going in on this date to get it checked out. So you never know if like, A, there's something wrong with a pregnancy, B, if they've gone through miscarriages before, C, if they've had a stillbirth or something traumatic happen, or D, if they even wanted to be pregnant in the first place. So you just, right. you can't ever assume that each pregnancy is created equal. Right. So always assume nothing. Right. Which is tricky. And I, I acknowledge that it's tricky. Mm-hmm. Um. But that's why we're we're getting it out in the open because yeah. it might 
you know, after this episode, some things might, you know, I don't know, some light bulbs might go off yeah. for some people. And the cardinal rule of all of this is never touch a pregnant person. Thank you. I don't like being Thank touched. Thank you. Thank you. It's weird. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm a lot of people miss the belly and just touch my boob on accident. No. Yes. Because there's a grazing motion that happens when they go for it. <sighs> and it's really uncomfortable. Wow. So don't ever touch a pregnant person. You know, and I feel like I feel like it's probably a good idea to mention this as well while we're on the topic. While, you know, you might feel like you don't want to be touched. There might be some people that do want to be touched. I did know a girl who I was like, because it was an ex of mine a long time ago, and friends of ours were pregnant, and um, I just remember being in the elevator, and I remember my then-boyfriend going up to her and touching her stomach, and I was like, whoa! And I asked her, I was like, are you... You okay with that? Like, do you like people coming up and yeah. touching your stomach? And I, and like, first of all, there was a lot of things wrong with that relationship. Well, but that was like, that was one of them. That like, was a that red was light. Wrong. Red flag. Red flag. And then, but she was like, no, I really like it. She okay. really likes it. Which, I don't know, I question, I question her upbringing. <laughs> That's all I'll say. I question a lot of things. I question a lot of things. Asking questions is being smart. That's right. Um, but yeah, I just I just imagine that like this is still your body. Yeah. This is still and it's an invasion. Totally. So invasive. It is super invasive. But I don't know. Part of me thinks like Maybe I'm the uptight one. Maybe some people like to be touched. I'm just definitely not one mm-hmm. of them. So maybe the lesson here is don't assume. Right. Assume no touch. And if you are one of those people who just want to be connected to a pregnant person and you'd like to touch, yeah. ask. Ask. Ask before touching. I think mm-hmm. in all aspects of life, we should ask before touching. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, here's another thing. If you want to be touched, maybe say, would you like to touch? Exactly. <laughs> Would you like to touch? Would you please caress my stomach? <laughs> Feel the belly button. Maybe go a little south. <laughs> <laughs> this is really great. Is there any other frustrating things that Okay, let me think about it. Come up for you. The pregnancy itself is frustrating because it feels like it lasts forever. But okay, yes, there is one thing. I haven't gone through this once before. I get frustrated when I see the Hollywood interpretation of Mm. pregnancy and labor because to a certain extent, I think that pregnancy is glorified as this beautiful, wonderful experience. And we were talking beforehand, Amy Schumer and some other people have come out and talked more brutally about the reality of the situation. But from my perspective, pregnancy is terrible. It's Mm -hmm. an awful experience. You don't feel good, especially being a career person you have to pretend it's like this fake it till you make it thing for nine months. And then the labor is a day, let's say on Mm -hmm. average, maybe a little less, maybe a little more. That's like the grand finale though. It doesn't even like for me, that doesn't even register. It's the pregnancy that's so awful. And I, I feel like there's this perception that Pregnancy is over like that, and then labor Mm. is so terrible. And it creates a lot of fear for women who are either trying to get pregnant or are pregnant, or Mm -hmm. maybe 
are on the fence and decide not to because it looks so terrible. Right. The truth is we're really tough and our bodies were meant to do this. And yeah. medicine helps. Like modern right. medicine, they figure out a way to get her out. My daughter was sucked out because her head was so big. <laughs> Well, That's she's a genius. Yeah. She's a genius. Well, probably helped or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but my yeah. message is labor's not so bad. It's not fun, but you can do anything for a day. It's right. the nine months that I would like to get more credit for. Mm. Mm. Well, I, I mean, if I had a Nobel Peace Prize, I'd give it to you right now. <laughs> Well, that's you the other do. Thing. You deserve a lot of credit. But that's the other thing is that there's nothing special or unique about it. So many women throughout time have done this. Right. So, like, do I deserve a medal? Mm, probably not. But maybe some acknowledgement that, like, this is the hard part. Yeah. Going through this, not being able to sleep, insomnia, constant cramping, discomfort, the whole nine. Got it. Yeah. I get it. That Are you excited? Sense. Are you going to do it? Am I going to? All right. I ask the questions here, Mandy. Oh, man. It's so fun. You should. I can't wait. I know. It's awful. It's great. Okay. What are some of the worst things that people have said to you while you've been pregnant? We touched upon two of them. Yeah. Which was... um, do any day now? Yeah. And you got twins, twins in, in there? there? Yeah. So this is real life, true story. I went to Stinson Beach maybe two or three weeks ago. They do this run called the Dipsy Trail Run. It's a, an annual thing. It's a big deal. A good friend of mine, her dad has done it for maybe a decade, maybe more, a long time. He comes up to me afterwards, and I know this person. I've known him for well over a decade, surely. And he doesn't even say hello. Instead, he says, whoa, you look bloated. (gasps) Bloated, Millie. Like, I can't even think of a worse word. It's so mean. Wow. There's like, it, it, you can't even pretend like that's not malicious. Yeah. Bloated? Bloated. I mean, in fairness, he's 70 something years old, probably calls it like it is. And I am bloated. Mm -hmm. So there's truth in that. But don't say that to somebody who- Again, insensitive. already feels so bloated, already right. feels so unattractive. And like right. you said, it's incredibly insensitive. Wow. So that, for me, it's so fresh because it just happened a couple weeks ago. But that's the one I feel like uh, of all the horrible things that people have said to me during this pregnancy, that's the one that's going to stick with me because it just felt so inconsiderate. Right, right. Do you think that, like, you know, would you go as far to say that, like, you know, jokes, if you think you got one to a pregnant woman, save it. Save it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say don't don't joke. For sure. Joke, joking is put on hold. Yes. For nine months. Right. And it's not that I don't have a sense of humor. I know what I look like. Right. But I just don't need the commentary and I, maybe I am a sensitive person, but I know that I'm not alone in this. Mm-hmm. When I do these little, like, mommy and me groups, when I do the whole, like, prenatal yoga thing, it makes people feel bad. Yeah. And I don't, I just don't understand why pregnancy somehow equates to people feeling like they can or should say something about a person's size. Mm. I know I'm going back to this, but 
that alone really blows my mind because if somebody came home for Christmas and had gained 50 pounds over the course of a year, right. you wouldn't say anything. You certainly wouldn't joke about it. No. So why does pregnancy trigger that for people? Why does mm. that give them an opening? Mm. I don't know. Mm. I don't know what the answer to that yeah, is. Yeah, why do they feel that they have the green light for that? Right. And it, is it though men? Is it really men? Yeah. I think, and I think yeah. there's a there's a power play there too. There certainly could be. You know, yeah. it's it's kind of like, which I think is also so wrong, and yeah. why nobody should be doing that. Yeah, you know, um, I think totally. women like. Here's the thing. Women yeah. have a little bit more of a mutual understanding. Yeah. Because we all have periods. Yeah. At least, you know? Yeah. And like, and I think that there's a, there's a little bit more empathy and sympathy for, right. for that process. Yep. But men have nothing to compare it to. <laughs> no. So you have lost your right. You have yeah. lost your right to, <laughs> to joke. So hush. I will say, though, I have felt more supported in a work environment. And I wonder if that goes back to what we're talking about with the sensitivity. Because there's, like, some PC thing happening at work Mm. where I feel like it's a safe space. I feel way Mm. more supported. I feel like the comments that I get aren't in jest. They're Mm. they're caring and they're a little bit more sensitive. Like, one of my coworkers inquired about my red dots and said oh gosh does that itch are you doing okay mm. and it was nice it was nice mm-hmm. to be like Ugh, female I know. or male that one was female okay but i have felt like there's more of a kinship with my male co-workers yeah but i i wonder if that's because people are more sensitive of crossing that line yeah. of professional and personal right um but i i haven't felt this um this sort of negativity in the space where i work that's it's great. mostly the randos on the street or the ferry or the bus that or, feel like they have to say something. Or the dad of the friend who, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are the worst? Oh, wait, um, well, to piggyback on that question, do you have any helpful suggestions on how people should respond in the moment? Like, how, what did you say? To those people. Okay. Because here's the thing. For me. Yeah. Like for me not to get all up in arms and like cry about it for two weeks. (laughs) I found that I need to defend myself in the moment. For sure. Okay. I am totally with you. And this is such a a hard topic. Both because I I think as humans, we always think of the best comebacks Mm -hmm. three hours later Mm -hmm. when the situation is gone and we've been obsessing about it. Right. And also because in a lot of cases... You're, I mean, you're in a public environment, so you don't want to, you know, start a fight or start or raise any feathers for people who are friends or family friends. Right. So when I think about that Dipsy example and the, the thing that he said about me being bloated, mm-hmm. I I was ready. Mm-hmm. And what I wanted to say was, you're a dick. Yeah. And instead what I said was, I said, well, that's not the nicest thing you could have said. Good for you. Turned around walked away. Good for you. Thanks. Mandy. I felt good about it. And <gasps> yeah. Thank you. High-fiving here. Because I didn't want him to get away with that. Yeah. 70 or not. You know, yeah. he's had three children. Like, right. you should know better. You right. don't speak to people that way. So let's say it again. Wow, that's not the nicest thing you could have said. Yep. And I turned around. I was like, bye-bye. And that's my husband great. was and right there, too. throwing anything. That's not throwing nope. any shade. Nope. It's calling attention to the facts yep. of what 
was just said. It wasn't the nicest thing he could have said. Right. And I felt good about that response, both because I didn't, um, I didn't make light of what he said. I didn't accept that as being okay. Um, but also because I can see him again. Like, we're going to see each other in social situations. Right. And maybe I'll get an apology. Maybe I won't. Um, but I didn't make it so that we're going to have a bad relationship. Right. I made it so that he knows that what he said wasn't okay with me. Well, and so also that you don't shrink. Right. In the moment. I don't become little. Because that's what I do. I'm yeah. like, okay, yep, bye. Right. Or run away. what I tend to do is to... Um, accept what they said and like somehow make them and me feel better by going along with it. Mm. And so I didn't want to go that route either being like, yep, I sure am. So doing like a little bit of self, um, what is that called? Love, Uh, self-love. Not self-love, but self-deprecating. Yes, self-deprecating. You don't want to do that. Mm -mm, No. Because then that validates it. Exactly. And I I do tend to do that. I think especially with my first pregnancy. And then I would go in a room and I would cry Mm -hmm. because it would make me feel so bad. Right. So that was one comeback. I'm trying to... Well, and then there are others where people just say that the things about the twins or because I'm carrying this one sort of like a basketball, people always assume it's a boy, which it's not. What? So I'll be walking, I walk by the ferry building and there's this man who's like, you're having a boy. And I said, oh, wow. Nope, it's a girl. Kept walking along my married wow. way. So again, it's yeah. not like the wittiest comeback in the world, but it's, it is acknowledging like, I hear you, you're wrong. I hope by this response, you can hear in my tone, that you should not be saying what you're saying. Yeah. Say nothing. Say nothing. I don't know you. You don't know me. Don't comment. Mm -hmm. That would be like me walking by him and being like, your mustache is super unattractive. Have a great day. (laughs) (laughs) Like what? I would never comment on a person's physical experience. Wow, you look like you've been drinking a lot of alcohol in your nose. (laughs) Right, right. <laughs> like, are you sucking it through a straw? Exactly. Sorry, but, yeah. that, but men, when they get older, their nose gets really red, I and know. a lot of it is because of alcohol, and their ears get large. Like right. everyone gets ugly someday. Let's call it what <laughs> it is. Everybody does. You will. I will. I probably won't. But <gasps> oh my gosh! <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. Time will tell. Time will tell. Well, my vagina is going to need some work after this. See, but that's the other thing, I think. Yeah. The way Hollywood is training us to think right. of yourself and your body, that it needs fixing. Right. And it doesn't. No. Well, my, I, I shouldn't say who. Someone in my family, after having four children, did have to have a surgery because gravity takes hold. And after doing all the pushing yeah. and all the things that we do when we're yeah. pregnant and go into labor, you sometimes need a little nip and tuck. A little nip and tuck because of... It's um, medical, though. But, like, because of bathroom troubles? Yes. Yeah. So your insides stay inside. Inside. Well, that's... That's a different thing. That's a different thing. I did have an interesting comment from my doctor the other day, though, where she said to me, um, you know, I know you don't want to have any... Yeah, let's talk about the two things the doctor said. My doctor. Um, She's better than the last one, but this one... This wasn't a bad thing, but it was a commentary on... um, whether or not to have children, more children. And I've made it pretty clear that I'm 99.987% sure that I don't want any more children after this. Two's good. I feel like this will be like man-on-man combat. We'll get through it. And that's a good dynamic for me. And I'm also going to say that like, um, you know, 
the world has a lot of people. In I know, it, you know, and we and live in the Bay Area. Yeah, it's not economical anyway. It's not economical. I exactly. run out of bathrooms. Yeah, <laughs> I only have one. Exactly. So I don't know how we're gonna do this. Exactly. Um, but she knew that she knew I wasn't interested in having more children. And she said, I'm going to bring in some papers for you to sign so that if you do have a C-section while we're in there, we can just tie your tubes. And I kind of went, whoa, I got felt very, um, uh, I was a little shocked by that comment, mm-hmm. not because she did anything wrong, but mm-hmm. because I want to reserve the right to change my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very sure I don't want more children, but it mm-hmm. just felt so. And then my husband said to me, like, should we start looking into a vasectomy for me? Mm-hmm. And again, that's reversible, though. Well, OK, so I said that to my doctor. I said, is it reversible? And she goes, if you're asking that question, you shouldn't do it. Oh, wow. I mean, that's kind of sh- shamey, though. But I think it's an it's a more that's like intense a psychological. I know. Throwback. I know. I just you know what? I did the IUD thing last time. It worked like a charm. I yeah. loved it. I'm going back because yeah. that gives me, you know, I only have a few more years of good eggs anyway. These ovaries aren't getting any younger. Right. So it gives me a few years to make the ultimate decision. Right. Which is what I want at this point. Well, I've also heard of women. I I read this article recently of this woman asking to have her tubes tied. And the doctor being like, are you sure? Right. Like, you never know. You might. She's like, nope, I've had four children. I'm done. I Please tie them up. And like the whole thing about doctors kind yeah. of like trying to push you right. in certain ways I know. is very interesting. I think so too, especially in the words that they use, like mm-hmm. the choices of words, like, are you sure? Yeah. I, even that, like that's kind of a psychological mind F. Yes. And I, I'm not sure is the truth, but maybe that woman was. Right. So why? Right. We, like, there's why would you question? question? Why are we always questioning women? Yeah. Terrible idea. Terrible idea. Terrible. Never. But question. this goes beyond the surgeries. And st- I mean, this is not a podcast about abortion. Right. Or is- well, we did the episode before this one. We talked about feminism. We oh. unpacked a little bit of like certain things about. I talked with my um, friend Franny Murphy. Lawyer, mm-hmm. civil, and criminal defense attorney in Detroit. Okay, <laughs> say that. Franny Murphy, lawyer. <laughs> lawyer. <laughs> Call her now. 1 800. No, she doesn't have an 800 number. But um, yeah, you know, it's a very, I think it's all related. Right. You know? Women get to choose. Women get to choose and have a say. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so is there anything else um, about my crazy doctor? Well, yeah, yeah. What else well, did she... my favorite thing about this time around... Well, let's talk about the fetal alcohol syndrome. Oh, God. So, I am a member of Kaiser, mm-hmm. and some things about it are fab, and some things about it are just challenging. Yes. Like trying to get paperwork done, but that's a different story. So, they push you into speaking to a therapist. You, It's just part of your whole prenatal package. Mm-hmm. She's lovely. I had um, postpartum anxiety with my first. And so it had been three years, but I I saw her again. And I'm like, ah, oh, Nicole, I haven't seen you. Um, and she sort of remembered me too. But she takes you through a series of questions about, you know, how you're feeling and your family history and all these things. And has anxiety been a problem in your family? Yes. Has depression been a problem in your family? Yes. And so 
there's a lot of assuming that just because someone in your family went through something that you will as well. Right. And so this woman keeps stuffing my folder with pamphlets oh, wow. of as I answer these things, yes. And the worst one was, she said to me, have you had any alcohol during this pregnancy? Mm-hmm. Or have you, have you ever, I've never smoked. Did you mm-hmm. do drugs? No, I didn't do drugs. Mm-hmm. Have you had any alcohol? And I say, well, you know, a couple sips here and there, but like nothing substantial. Well, yeah, because you were in Italy. Oh, God. Well, that was a whole other thing. I, my yeah. first four weeks of pregnancy, I traveled to Italy, didn't know I was pregnant. I was having right. a couple glasses a day. Yeah. But that was different because that was, I truly didn't know. Right. This is like, I knew I was pregnant. Okay. But I went to a winery opening and I took a half a sip just to get a taste on my mouth. Mm-hmm. I love wine. Yeah. Um, but by no means, I'm not like gulping down glasses. And right. by the way, there are women who are pregnant and they have a glass a day and they're fine and the baby's fine. Yeah. It's a personal choice. I didn't go that route. Um, but I didn't completely abstain either. So by having, let's say, a total of five sips in my entire pregnancy, she again starts stuffing my folder with these fetal alcohol syndrome pamphlets and gives me this monologue about the detriment that I'm doing to my child and how symptoms oftentimes don't show up for five years. So you may think you're in the clear, but, and then she says to me, but I don't really know why I'm telling you this. It's a little too late for you, isn't it? (gasps) Can you believe that? What? I mean, in a way it's true. I mean, the damage has been done. I've taken my five sips, but that, I mean, that felt like an extreme level of shaming, especially because I read this great book called Expecting Better and definitely recommend it to mm-hmm. anyone who's pregnant because it's a MythBuster book. It's written by a female who's an economist. She was pregnant. She wanted the data. Mm-hmm. She didn't, she's like, I don't want to listen to all these old wives' tales. I want to know, like, what does the data actually tell us? And the truth is, is that, like, a couple sips here and there isn't going to be a big problem or right. shouldn't be for a child in most cases. So I feel like I'm coming in with a fact and it's so frustrating to have somebody in a medical profession shaming me yeah. when really, like, I don't think that they should be spreading that type of negative assumptions. Yeah. Especially yeah. right now, because there's so much misinformation out there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. I know. And then my doctor, this time around, I've been coming in and she's been tracking my weight. Mm-hmm. And she has a chart. And this is new because Kaiser didn't do this my first time around. And so every time you go in, you have to look at your chart and see where you are. And she has a graph. And she's like, this this dot shows where I'd like you to be. And this dot up here, this is where you are. Uh, so we'd like you to be down here. But you're up here, you see. What? And it, it's the craziest thing because I'm like, mm, lady, I'm not a chart. I don't know what to wow. tell you. She said, what do you think is contributing to this? And I was like, maybe, oh my maybe it's the buckets of ice cream I'm eating every night. That could right. be part of it. But I mean, oh gosh. I know. Again, like. Trying to fit you into a What do box. you want from me? Yeah. Yeah. That's really upsetting. It wasn't, it wasn't, because at this point, I just don't care. It's going to take a lot to rattle me at this point. Right. I'm 37 weeks. I'm not going well, to be losing weight. Did she want you to lose weight? That was my thing. That's was the like, thing. Like, are what you do you really? want from me? Come on. Well, and my husband sitting there cackling like a little girl. He couldn't stop laughing because the fat shaming was so intense. And really? then because he's laughing, she doesn't think we're taking her seriously. So oh. she continues to hammer in this point throughout the entire appointment. I don't know. What are you going to do? Wow. It's almost over. 
that's, I mean... But I almost feel like there should be some sort of a corporate training for all people in the medical profession yeah. who are related in some way to pregnancy mm-hmm. to, to teach people about word choices. Right. And to teach people who are in some way instructing a pregnant woman about how to better relate on a human level to someone right. who's experiencing a, a pretty intense period of their life. Right. Who's going through something that, again, you don't really know what's going on behind the scenes or what they've been through yeah. or what they will continue to go through. Yeah. Yeah. But instead, they just throw them in there. Wow. I can't believe she fat shamed you. Big time. I mean, that's wild. That's Whatever. wild. Well, and then on the flip side of this. What- I Here's the thing. Like, what? if you had gestational diabetes. Which I don't. Which you don't. I think that would be an opportunity to, like, let's educate ourselves on sure. on healthy eating habits. Right. You know? Or, like, let's stay away from sugar. Yep. You got to do this. You know? Let's do let's that. Let's put a plan together. Let's put a plan together. But let's not be like, mmm. I don't know. <laughs> you're, Let, not you're not here. Why are you over here? You know? I know. That's really... But this is a bigger thing because after my first pregnancy with breastfeeding, I was the skinniest I've ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. I got down to 122, which is very, mm-hmm. like, abnormal and sort of unhealthy for me. Mm-hmm. Um wasn't trying. I right. actually, I wasn't even that healthy. It was not like I was exercising. It was just breastfeeding. It sucked the life out of me. And then it goes the other way where people get concerned you're too skinny. Uh-huh. So it's like, it's wow. more of, I think, being a woman and just existing in the world yeah. and having to live up to some sort of perfect standard that's right. never achievable. Right. And having everybody comment on it. Oh, my God. Everybody has something to say about it. Well, and then there's a there's a negative reinforcement in the positive comments that way because mm-hmm. when I was at my skinniest, everyone commented about how amazing I looked. And mm-hmm. I'd never I I didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel strong. I didn't, you know, I wasn't fitting into my clothes, but it was this like, oh, should I stay like this? Like mm-hmm. is this this is, is this, this better? Good. This is yeah. this is good. Everyone this seems looks to good. think this is better. Yeah. So it's I don't know. It's tough either way. And your body goes through so much change before, and I during, and after. And I also know women, you know, that don't lose any weight when they breastfeed. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so it's very... Right. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. I've seen so many horrible examples of people commenting on women and being really? like, how far along are you? And they're like, the baby's out. I'm not oh pregnant anymore. my. So, like, you're just never safe. You should never say anything ever, never, ever. Never. Mm-mm. Um, what are some of the best things people have said to you? You look radiant. You look um, beautiful. Yeah. You look beautiful. I mean, there aren't a ton, if just I'm being honest. Two. Yeah, let's, let's just <laughs> let's hammer down those. Two. Yeah, that's pretty mm-hmm. much it. Well, do you have any suggestions for how people can be more helpful towards someone in their lives that is pregnant? Mm. Hmm. Yeah, the people who I feel have really been there for me are the ones who just check in, mm-hmm. text, "Hey, just thinking about you. How's it going?" Yeah. Um, the check-ins are really nice. Like having people like come over mm-hmm. is really nice. Afterwards, having somebody cook you a meal. It's yeah. like after you give birth, after there's death in the family, yeah. like bring them food. Yeah. That's really helpful. Totally. Um, totally. And don't linger. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's the yeah. other thing. Because when you've got a newborn, you're in this constant phase of like change a poopy diaper, mm-hmm. nap, rock them, feed them, start right. over again. Right. And um, having people visit for long periods of time yeah. is like... It's stink, tiring. Stinky fish. It's tiring. Yeah. But you're such a lovely person. People want to like chat with you all the time. That's nice. I know. Um, okay. Um, anything else that I haven't asked you that you want to mention? Uh, this is loaded, but it just came to me, so I'm going to say it. Yeah. I would never do this without a supportive partner. Mm. I can't, like, for anybody who's listening, who is considering doing this, I had a single mom, so it can totally be done. Mm -hmm. She was incredible. She got the job done. I turned out great. Yeah. My sister is a very educated you guys like are contributing both very, member very of society. Successful. Thank you. Successful women. But I would have never chosen that for her. That mm. had to have been so hard. Yeah. And so if if you have the choice, like whether it's marrying or partnering up with whatever your situation is, find somebody who wants kids as much as you do. Mm. Because having a supportive husband has been the game changer in all of this. And what um, what are some of the ways in which he's been able to show you his support? So verbally asking, like, mm-hmm. what can I do to make you feel supported? That goes a long way. It does, because I always have an answer. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and even if you don't have an answer, being asked that oh, is like... Completely. So is a game changer. Daily. Daily. Yeah. If not twice or three times a day. So that's, I think, the vocalization and acknowledgement that I'm going through something has been huge. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is feeding me. Like, I don't have time to cook. Mm-hmm. I, I barely have time to take a shower. So, like, those little things you can do to make sure that, like, I I can be sustained for another few hours by feeding me is huge. And then the, the other one that really stands out is you're so exhausted when the baby comes. Having a partner who's willing to take the baby for a while. Mm. Phil used to do, Phil's my husband, he used to do laps around the neighborhood for two hours between weird hours of like seven and nine Mm. so that I could sleep during those times. And he'd have the baby and maybe she'd sleep on him, maybe she wouldn't. But that was time when I could just close my eyes and not be disturbed. Yeah. So those are And not be worried. Right. Those are great tips. Although, I mean, it's not perfect. Trust me. I have this memory Nothing ever of, is. Well, so you you can have like a baby carrier thingy. Mm-hmm. And my husband, when my daughter was first born, would just carry her like a sack of potatoes <laughs> in the pitch black <laughs> around our neighborhood. Uh-huh. And we have really cracked sidewalks, so you can yeah. trip really easily. And I couldn't sleep because I knew that my precious little human was being walked around in the dark with no protection. So right. there was this battle of like, do we or do we not use an air go and I ended up winning because it's counterproductive. I can't sleep if I don't know that she's being taken care of. Right. So there's always going to be weird arguments. You're always going to disagree about things. Parenting Mm -hmm. is not perfect and you're kind of figuring it out as you go. Right. But keeping the conversation open. Right. Right. That's great. Yeah. Big shout out to Phil. Ugh, the best. The best, Husband of the year. Husband of the year. But you get the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) Um, Well, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Mandy, I mean, I think this has been really helpful. Good. I've certainly learned a lot. Good. And I feel like I've vented and I I can go in peace now. Good. Go in peace. (laughs) Thanks, Mandy. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Me, Myself, and Millie. 
Follow us on Instagram at milliebrooks100 for more podcast updates. And if you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. A special thanks to my husband, Rowan Brooks, for technical support. Cal Reichenbach, who did all the music you heard in this episode. You can check him out at calzonemusic.com. And to Rini Shaw, our graphic designer, who did our thumbnail art. Follow her at rinishaw.com. Thanks, party people, and see you next week.